Good morning, church. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to be opening up our, our next kind of little campaign on the Psalms. And um, the Psalm I'm choosing to speak on today is on uh, Psalm 139. Uh, now, you may be asking why that one specifically stands out for me. And I guess it's, it's a personal one. Um, I guess a few years ago, I was going through a pretty dark time. I'd say uh, self-diagnosed depression um, would, would be adequate to, to say the least. Um, and, and I heard this song called uh, You Know Me uh, by Stephanie Gretzinger as uh, part of the Bethel Church. I, um, I just wanted to, I guess in that and, and seeing the power of the words in that song when I listened to it, how that began the, the turnaround in me. Um, I just researched it and, and found those words very similar to the words found in Psalm 139. So that's what we'll be digging into. And I've made kind of I've broken it up into four small sections, just bite sized pieces for us to kind of engage with. Um, so I'll go on the subtitle so that being known by him. And I've titled the omniscient and omnipresent God knows you. So our, our first section, um, what I'll do is I'll read the section and then I'll go into, I guess, the key point to take from it. Um, so firstly, let me read it. So you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in uh, behind and before me, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. And I guess with that, um, my titling that first section, the omniscient God is to be completely known by him. Um, now, I guess it can be easy to say, oh, I knew what you did, or I know what you're going to do. Um, but actually, it can be a very different frame of mind to say, actually, I know exactly what you're thinking right now. I think that brings about a, a deeper level of intimacy that God wants us to, to know and, and for that to be real for us. Actually, the, the troubles and what you're facing right now, he knows that completely right now in this very moment. Um, and, and that's made evident in uh, just when you look in verse two, you see it says, you know, when I sit and when I rise, it's that active present tense uh, setting that, that the words kind of speak to us in the now. So God knows me completely and he knows me in the here and now. I'll move on to the second section. Um, I kind of see that as the, uh, the idea of the omnipresent God. So let me read verse seven to 12. So it says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for the darkness is as light to you. And I think this section speaks of um, his constant presence, where we saw actually he was present in knowing us. Actually, this section speaks of his present in being with us in the situations we're facing. 
uh, I think also speaks about <laughs> our inability to escape him. Um, now, for when people hear that, that either puts you in two camps, I believe. Uh, potentially, for, for those of us who, who know him and, and have a loving relationship and identify him as father, um, we can have a freedom to, uh, to kind of, I guess, yeah, to, to be uh, confident and, and assured that we are held safe and he is with us. Um, but for those of us maybe who don't know him in that way as, as a father and that creator God who is intimately close to us, it, it can be fearful and actually even daunting knowing that this, this being, this, this perfect being is actually present with me in my day to day. Um, you may even want to run away from it. Potentially I think of a, of a child who... Uh, let's say you take a child to the playground and for them knowing that their loving parent is is sitting on the sideline that they can have that confidence to to, gr uh, to climb the highest structure uh, knowing that should something go wrong that their parent is there to, to kind of pick them up um, and I think that's how we've got to be as, as children in, in God's eyes in that in that way well the next section is uh, what I put as the creator God. So verse 13 to 18. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them even came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them, were I to count them. They would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Here, this section, this the creator God who, again, who knows us completely, who is present with us, is also our, our, our perfect creator. Um, he, I mean, you, you will maybe have come across some of the words in, in, this, uh, in this section specifically as uh, I think the, the kind of general uh, encouragements that are passed around in the Christian world. Um, and actually, for some who might recognize it, it's, it's quite significant in the abortion debate. And obviously I won't go into that today, but um, why I mention it is because um, it's a real key argument for us identifying that God gives us value before we're even born. You know, for, for you, you need to hear that today. God has put value in you before you even knew it. And I think um, when, we, when we acknowledge that, I mean, he is the person who gives uh, me value, but also is a person who knows me completely. Therefore, he's the most qualified person to fix me. You know, I imagine if, if a mechanic who, who knows all the parts of, of an engine uh, can break it down and, and put it together because he knows all the parts fully well, then um, how much more uh, intricate are you and, and how much more capable is God? You know, he is the one to consult with when you need fixing. And, and the last section of that, um, of that passage, I'd say, is I titled it as the Holy God. Now, read it so if only you God would slay the wicked away from me you who are bloodthirsty they speak of you with evil intent your adversaries misuse your name do I not hate those who hate you Lord and abhor those who who are in rebellion against you I have nothing but hatred for them 
I count them my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. If there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. I think this, this section is quite different to the previous three, um, where the focus is on the adversity uh, that is being faced and the challenges, and actually speaking of direct enemies, they're potentially even a life-threatening sort. Um, but I think what is interesting there is the, the, the state to be set apart. It's actually for those who um, stay away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord? Search me, God, and know my heart. There's a sense there that the writer is putting across that actually, regardless of the enemy coming for them, Lord, let me be identified by being different to them because you are different. And I guess I wanted to go into the, I guess, a bit of the background of the text because I think it, it's helpful to tie it all in together when we've looked at the four sections. So we see God as the, um, the present God, the, the sorry, the all-knowing God, the present God, the creator God and the holy God. And actually this, this text, so um, this Psalm 139 is believed to have been written by David um, at the moment just before uh, he becomes king. Um, so potentially it could be at the time where he's being persecuted by, by Saul's men. Um, and so that would link to the adversity he may be facing. Um, but additionally to that, it is believed that David wrote this psalm, uh, in effect using the words from uh, Adam uh, based in Genesis. When we look at sections 2 and 3 from verse so 7 to 18, we see uh, he describes a, a very... Uh, folk um sorry a very present god and he, uh, a creator god and an inability to escape god and so with that i think it just speaks into um what we need to take as a church and, and the direction we're going in i believe david even facing adversity has focused himself on the the grandeur of god understanding the creator god that the words used by by adam and is able to speak uh, solely on a place of knowing him and, and appreciate being known by him. So I guess with that, what we want to take away from this is that God is, he is concerned with you and he is bigger than your problems. Now, some of us in this season uh, may have felt hopeless. Uh, we may have I don't know, lost jobs or failed in plans and, and suffered with numerous health issues. But when we focus on God, how do we come across? Do we come to him pleading our burdens and, and struggles as if hoping that God might be able to put a lot of duct tape on a, on a broken pipe? Or, um, or, or do we trust that he will be able to fix everything and restore everything for his good? And when I say that, I want to be sensitive that obviously I'm not belittling the problems, but I think we're at a serious critical point that we want to make sure we're not belittling the importance and the grandeur of who God is. And so with that, actually, I would like to move into a, a time of response. Um, what I'll do is I just want to read the, the last two verses of that, that, um, that psalm. And then I'm going to invite Andy to, to come up and, and pray for us. And, and while that's happening, then we're going to play a song in the background for you to, I guess, just reflect on where you stand with God, um, what your relationship with him is. Uh, and in that time, if you want to uh, receive prayer, 
do um, put prayer if, if you have specific needs of prayer that you want to um, receive for um, but also I'd say specifically if you don't have that relationship with God as, as father as the, your creator as the omnipresent uh, knowing God um, then maybe just write lead me and we can uh, we can put a, a sense of a prayer specifically for you to, to build that relationship with him and so so before I pass over so um, the last two verses go search me God and know my heart test me and know my anxious thoughts see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting Thank you.